Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. We are inspired by Mother Teresa who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I have my beautiful, wonderful, fabulous friend, Mary Lindenberg, with me today. We're going to be talking about all things uh, difficult. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's not really an easy way to say that. Because as Mary has just told me in our in our little conversation before we began this podcast, that she has to, and I guess what she's saying is that God likes to place her in moments of discomfort because that's where he meets her the best and also loves her and helps her grow. So in that space, that's kind of what we're going to be kind of pushing here in the in in this short conversation that we're going to have with Mary. Mary, she just wrapped up her second book, which is just like, let me just tell you something. That's a feat in and of itself. As another author, just the fact that you have like a second book is huge. So that is beautiful. I love this book. I was a part of this book. I was able to write the forward for it. I feel extremely honored for the opportunity to do such a thing because the book is really uh, just like her first one. It's just so raw and true and it connects deeply and it gets to the heart of the matter very, very quick. There's not a lot of fluff, which is one of the things that I do love about Mary. Mary just lays it all out immediately as soon as you meet her, which is why Mary has such a such a strong tribe of, of people, in particular women, who gravitate towards towards Mary and towards the message that God's put on her heart. And that that has a lot to do with her background and what she's been through. And I think we connect... We tend to connect really well with people when they are honest and they're vulnerable, but also when they're honest and vulnerable with their suffering. And Mary is not um, unfamiliar with such things. Like I'm sure you are. I'm sure you listening right now, you're like, yeah, probably, you know, you too. Mary, if you don't know much about Mary, let me just tell you really, really quickly. She she grew up in a large Catholic family. She married her husband when they when she went on on a blind date, which I just think is fascinating. Just it's just so fun. So and it's kind of funny because she talks about being uncomfortable and sometimes not knowing where God leads her. I feel like she's on a blind date with God, maybe too. So we'll have to talk about that later. But anyway, she married Jerry. Jerry and Mary had Jonathan in 1989, and then they had their daughter Courtney in August of 1992. Now this is where um, this is where things kind of start taking a turn. Just a, just a month later. Courtney was baptized in September of 1992. And while she was being baptized, Courtney had the first of many grand mal seizures. Um, so they went straight from the church to the emergency room. It's a uh, rough go, but that began to change Mary's life really forever. If you know anything about her and how she talks about her and her daughter, Courtney, it'll just like, I'm already, I'm already, <laughs> I'm already pulling back the tears, to be honest with you, just talking about it. But it's um, it's beautiful and it's difficult and it's um, deep suffering and 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 deep grace all all combined, which is why people love Mary because like Mary talks about the hard things and she's not afraid to go there. It's what I love about her. But getting back to Mary's bio, let me just tell you a little bit more. Just a few quick things, and then we're gonna get in. <laughs> then we're gonna get into some other other stuff. But Mary and Jerry and Jonathan, they have this beautiful. Um, daughter and sister and Courtney, and they are working through all of the different things in the spiritual journey of what Courtney is bringing to their life, all of the good, all of the challenging. And 
as it would be, Courtney ended up taking her last breath on December 27th, 2014. I can't even read this without crying. It's just, I don't, it gets me every single time. Courtney just, she drives me crazy because she does this to me whenever I talk about her. <laughs> but she died on the feast of St. John the Beloved while in her mother's arms. Oh my gosh, I'm crying. I mean, I'm pregnant right now, but I'm already crying in this bio. Anyway, I'm sure, <laughs> I, I hope you're crying with me as you listen to this. Hope I'm not the only one. But anyway, Courtney has transformed so many of our lives. Obviously, she did for Mary and Mary's entire family and allowed Mary even into deeper growth and beauty of what God was calling her into. One of those things was in 2016, she entered in hot into the Catholic world, serving people by the very simple aspect of sharing her life. Yes, there were certain practical things of what she was doing with youth ministry, but the whole point is that Mary shares and Mary shares honestly. If you want to understand what a servant is, that's what a servant does. They just truly share and they share from a vulnerable place in their in their in their life where they allow God to work and then they just allow God to kind of do everything else. So this is who we have today. This is who we're talking to is Mary Lineberg, truly one of my favorite people on the planet. I am definitely biased, so there there is that. But Mary has has affected my life in ways that have been direct and many that have been quite indirect as I've been watching her and learning from her and seeing all that she does to embrace Christ really every day. Mary's new book that she wrote that I mentioned in the beginning is Be Bold and the Broken. And it is once again another... Mary gives us another um, charging order to to start looking at life with more awareness and openness so that we can grow in virtue and really try to be the people that Christ has made us to be. Mary, that was a very long intro. Sorry about that. I'm probably, I, I didn't mean to keep you waiting on the line, so to speak, during that entire thing, but welcome, Mary, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Leah. I'm like, I'm just listening to you going... It's interesting because I, first of all, thank you for having me. It is a joy to be with you. But as I was listening to you walk through parts of my life, I thought, you know, life is meant to thrive. We're not meant to thrive in life, right? And so many people think we're meant to survive. And as I was listening to you, I'm like, yep, went through that. Yep, went through that. Yep, went through that. And yet I'm not done yet. Yeah. Not done yet, right? We're still on the journey. And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always, does it scare you? Does it scare you at this point? Like you've, you've, you have two babies, you lost one of your babies you lost. I mean, so it's, it's obviously I know it's, it's, it's a trite thing to say, but it's, it's a parent's worst fear. You've buried your child at this point, knowing like you still have so much life left. Does it scare you? Like what is going to happen? Or are you just now more solid in the place of like where to go when things happen? It depends on the day, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Grief has a way of winding itself around you, <clears throat> winding itself like ivy on a tower. You know, it just kind of grows and it mm. becomes part of the structure, part of who you are. I'm not afraid. I, I remember very specifically standing at Courtney's grave and just knowing that when we left that place, when we left that physical place for myself, for my son, for my husband, our lives would never, ever be the same. Like that was a, a door that closed and we actually had to physically walk away. 
And so I remember holding their hands and I looked at both of them. I didn't care who was around us. I just looked at both of them and said, remember this moment, remember this right here, you know, remember what she taught us. Remember that she is still with us and that she will never leave us, but don't ever forget this moment because this is a pivot in our life where God is opening something new and we have no idea where we're going. Like for 22 years, I lived in a mobile ICU unit and I knew how to care for my daughter. I knew, I knew how to suction her. I knew what her favorite foods were. I knew when she was happy, when she was sad, she couldn't speak to me like I'm speaking to you, but I knew my child. And then to be fired from that, you know, God was like, you're good. Bringing her home now Mm -hmm. to turn around and to look at your life and go, what am I supposed to do now? I mean, many women go through this, like as empty nesters, their children go to college, you know, and that, and they experience some of the same things for me. Um, it was a little bit different because I would never see her again. You know, it was like, it was very final. So am I afraid of the future? No, I'm not afraid of the future, but I did have a moment there when we were saying goodbye to her, where it was very specific from God, where I don't think that's the hardest thing I'll ever have to face. Mm. Mm. I don't think that's the hardest thing I'll ever have to face because here's the thing. Courtney is in heaven. She's a small saint, little saint with a small S, you know, I know where she is. And our job as parents is to pray our children into heaven. So I'm like 50, 50, baby. I got one in, right? (laughs) I look at Jonathan and he's like, no pressure, mom, really. I'm like, dude, like, come on. Your sister's there. Your Your sister (laughs) did that. Sorry. Sorry. You know, and he's just like, he said one time, he goes, do you know how hard it is to be your brother? I'm like, try being her mother. Mm. Just back it up, buddy. Just try Mm. being her mother. Like, I'm not the blessed mother. I'm named for her, but I am not her. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I'm not afraid of the future. God has been very generous and very kind. And Courtney's legacy of love continues to unwind and, and unfold in many different ways. She is part of our everyday life. There's not a day that goes by where I don't think of her. I don't ask for her intercession. I don't send her to somebody's aid. So she's very much present in our life. So no, there's no fear. There's not really a plan either. Haven't really seen one of those. Yeah. <laughs> no GPS or direction. So it's a day-to-day thing. Yeah, I hear you. So Mary, okay, this book, Be Bold and the Broken, um, outside of the mandate that the title gives us, what's the point of this book? The point of this book is to understand that we are all broken. The point of this book is to understand that when we have, I share stories from my childhood and how they relate to situations in my adult life, how I made horrific mistakes. I mean, horrific mistakes, gossiping, destroying relationships, but also how I learned to open the door and make sure there was a seat at the table. Um, I love, there's a quote from the owner, uh, Sarah Blakely, the owner of Spanx, where she says, there's no such thing as mistakes, just stuff you didn't know. And I love that because I'm like, that's my entire life. It's just stuff I didn't know, but I'm a woman who commits. I go all in. So when, you know, I was trying out for the cheerleading team, come out on the, on the, the floor and everybody's not in a training bra. Like they've got all the things there and Mary's a cardboard box. So I go into the bathroom. I make a decision, do the classic stuff, your bra thing, come out. And in a tumbling run, one of the socks comes out and I end up being half of Dolly Parton. And it's the seventh grade and it's horrible. And I'm dying 25 million deaths. But what did that moment teach me? That moment taught me that Mary just needed to be Mary. 
I wasn't meant to be those other girls. I was meant to be me. Now, did I have to go through all of that? And did I have to, you know, walk through the rest of junior high with my head held low and trying to avoid, you know, other scandals? Yes. Did I? No, I made other mistakes that I didn't share in the book, but you know, that's what learning's all about. What does that have to do with our adulthood? Well, as women, we put on masks. We try all these different personalities. It's kind of like I share is trying on different dresses. We try on all these different dresses and we're like, oh, Susie looks good in that. I should look good in that. Mm-hmm. No, Susie looks good in that. You should look good in this other dress. But then we're afraid to go for that because it sets us apart. And that is the beauty of being bold and the broken. That's where the boldness comes from. You have to be okay with being set apart. You were meant to be set apart. Amen. Amen. This, uh, I, I love I love where you went with this book in being vulnerable in sharing those stories. But again, the mandate that you have, and I wrote this in my forward. I was like, here, here we have Mary who's telling us to be bold in the broken. Like it's a, I, that's a, you know, it's a bold statement just to tell, tell us that we should be bold in the broken because when you're broken, when you're at those low, low moments, the idea of being bold is, I would venture to say the furthest thing away from what we would want to gravitate towards when we're broken. The sometimes the natural inclination is to is to hide, is to um, to even go deeper in our brokenness. Uh, but but you've told us a different path in a different way, one that we've been told before, but often we've forgotten. Um, due to life and busyness and distractions and even, you know, brokenness. Brokenness likes to help you forget that it can get better, you know. And so you remind us in those pages, page after page, really what I continue to to notice is this building of hope. So by the end of the book, you're at a place where, you're not reading Mary's life of her brokenness and then how she became bold, but you're at a place where Mary's teaching you through these lessons from others and herself that it's possible, you know, it's it's possible. And sometimes that's all we need to know. We need the hope, the inspiration and the motivation that hope exists. And as you beautifully put it, it is in the name and face of Jesus Christ. Amen. This is our hope. And I love that you do that. You, you, you constantly are pushing that message to where the reader is taking it into their own life. And so it's not just a book about Mary. I think that's kind of like the point I wanted to make really is that sometimes um, our, and, and rightfully so, sometimes stories are about our lives. And and that's fine. This one in particular, I just loved all the different types of stories from, from your life as well and others, but the constant theme that you were always pushing towards, it just made it really relatable, I think, whenever you were, um, as the reader going through it. Um, this idea of brokenness and women um, in our brokenness. Um, let's talk about that for a second. I know I know that's a big topic and it could it could go in a variety of different directions. But when we're talking about how this relates in particular to women's life, what are you noticing? Do you or are you noticing anything currently about women's lives and 
our brokenness that is more problematic now than before? Um, more problematic? No, I think it's always existed. What I, what I see is people hanging on to their past and uh, weaponizing their emotions against themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's this, it's this idea that I am what I have done. I am what I produce. I am some sort of status that we've put into our head. You know, I'm 53 years old. Okay. Been through some things. A lot of the bad decisions I made, I made out of fear. Actually, all the bad decisions I made are made out of fear. They're made out of the fear of you not thinking that you're going to belong. There's a difference between, you know, someone belonging somewhere and someone trying to fit in. I spent my life trying to fit in. Women today are trying to fit in. They're trying to figure out where do I matter? And it's, Mm. we've always been trying to figure that out. Where do I matter? It used to be that you mattered in the number of children you had and how you kept your house. It used to be then the eighties came and it mattered how many pedigrees you had. Were you a PhD and a mother of eight taking care of your house? You know, it was that combination of we have to have it all. The thing is you can't have it all. You cannot have it all at one time. You are not meant to, right? There are seasons of life that we come and brokenness shows up in every single season. When you were talking about hope, as Christians, we are called, it is a mandate from the Lord Jesus that we are a resurrection people. Mm. We are called to be people of hope. Because if we are not people of hope, then we are not believing that God is God and we are not. We do not believe in the gift of the cross if we do not live in hope. Now, does that mean that hard things are going to be easier? No, they're not. God didn't promise us easy. He promised us heaven if we but follow him. So you look at the most broken moment in salvation history. Where was that? That was the cross. Yeah. Here he is splayed out, not protecting himself physically, emotionally, spiritually, suffering for every sin to ever be committed that had been committed, was being committed or would ever be like, just think of that. It makes you really want to try and be a better person and not add to the sin of the cross, right? Because you don't want to add on. You don't want to pile on as we go through life to what he's already showed us, what he's already lived through. And I imagine that moment of brokenness. And I see three people. I see Jesus offering everything. I loved you so much that I offer you every single thing I have Mm -hmm. with my father's permission. I offer you all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you see Mary and there's the beautiful image of the Pieta where here is Mary holding her son who is gone. And she has this look of peace. And I want to almost say the word surrender, but it's almost like an angry surrender, but Mary wasn't angry. It was just determination. Like her face is determined in the Pieta. And what do you notice about her hands? Hmm. Uh, this is my favorite part. Around, if they're not wrapped around her son, holding him to her, please don't take him. They are completely open in surrender. Palms up, offering her son to the world. And she's not even looking at him. She's looking down at us. Here he is. 
I said my yes. Now I need you to say your yes so that we can work together to build the kingdom of God. And then who is that third person? The beloved John, the youngest of the apostles. You know, you imagine him as a teenager. Like, this is my dude, Jesus. He's my guy, you know, and Jesus looking at him as a brother, taking him into his heart in a very special way, like a little brother, you know, protecting him, seeing his tender heart and how he was created. You look at his letter, you know, the gospel of John revelation. This was a visionary. This was a man who knew and understood love in its truest forms from a young age. And what does Jesus do? He gives his mother, the most precious person in his life on earth, under John's protection. And so John then enters and he kind of has his big moment of, I'm growing up now and I've got you, mom. I've got you. Like, you're not going to the old folks home. You're coming with me. Hmm. I'm going to do this, right? So yeah. he and those three people, I look in those three people and what do I see? Brokenness, brokenness, brokenness. And then what do I see? Boldness, boldness, and boldness. Because they stepped into, well, Mary was already, there was no stepping. Jesus was already there, no stepping into. But it's almost like they claimed that final step of, this is who I am. This is who I was made to be. This is the purpose that God placed me on this earth. And I shall now meet it or continue to walk in it until my last breath. And so you can find anytime I look at the cross on any given day, I find myself in one of those three people. Now you have the other women there. Mary of Cleopas was there. So there's a sister. That sister's not standing there alone in her grief. Mary's not alone in her grief. Mary Magdalene is right there. Mm -hmm. Right? Do you want to talk about a woman who walked in shame? That's my girl, man. That's my girl. You know, walking in shame. And yet look what she did. Mm -hmm. She had to leave her old life in order to enter into a new life. And when Mm -hmm. I stood at the grave of my daughter, God was asking me to leave my old life and enter into a new life. I didn't want to. I didn't want my daughter to die. I didn't want my marriage to go through all of this suffering. I didn't want to be addicted to food. I didn't want my husband to be addicted to pornography. I didn't want these things. But because we are broken people, We sin, we make mistakes, we make choices out of fear and out of an unworthiness of being loved. Mm. And so now what does God have me doing? He's taken every piece of brokenness in my life and he has built a beautiful ministry to now go out and where do I preach from? Mm -hmm. I preached from the ashes. I think beauty rises. I think, Mary, what you say and what you're, how you're delivering this with our focus on the crucifixion, one, it's beautiful. It's so, so beautiful. And, and it's so thankful that uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this as, as it's being put out, um, we're in the season of Lent. So just so appropriate, appropriate always <laughs> to be looking at the crucifixion for, um, for our renewal in faith and in hope. But that place of what you're saying in this, in this, in this time where we experience that deep brokenness and the call to boldness within it, you know, as you're, as you're inferring, God doesn't leave us there, 
right? God didn't even leave his son there, right? We know that there's resurrection, um, that that's the hope is realized in the resurrected body of Jesus Christ. And so when people, I mean, taking your subjective experience of how this, how this laid out in, in your life, um, and then you, in this place of, of brokenness, God's asking you to move on, which is, it's just, it's, you just, that it, like you said, like you walking, like walking away from the gravesite. not that God's asking us to forget these things or to like, let's just, let's just pretend that it's not going to affect you anymore, but I have more planned for you. You need to let me go, you know, like Mary Magdalene as, as, as she, she sees the resurrected Jesus. But wait a second, I have more to give you. He's not being upset with her. He's just saying, look, I have actually more to give. So hold on, let go of me so I can give you more of me. And so with all of our lives, I mean, how does that look? For, I mean, I, I can hear, I can just hear people saying, well, like, how does that, how, how can I take what you're saying, Mary, and relate this to my life when I'm not called to this like ministry life that you are doing right now? Because too often, of course, we, what we're talking about is, is this is how it, it's worked out subjectively in your life with, with your, but, you know, it's natural to China to pick apart somebody's life, say, well, I can't do just what Mary's doing. So that way, so therefore I can't be bold in my brokenness. So to answer those objections that are natural and human that come up in our heart because we just want to object, object, object because we, it's hard to, re- hard to receive these bold truths that you give. How can we take our moments of crucifixion and allow ourselves to walk away in the hope of the resurrection in that new stage, season, day, or hour of our life that Christ is calling us to, like, like, could you speak? Could you speak to us there? Absolutely. Here's the thing: you're not meant to be someone else. You're not meant to be me or have quote unquote this ministry. When I look at this ministry, this is what I have been doing my whole life. Hmm. I was talking to friends in high school who were struggling, and who found a safe place to land. You know, in the corner of the science lab when somebody had a bad breakup or somebody's parents were getting divorced and they were like, they knew they could talk to me. Be like, Mary's safe. Let's go to Mary, right? In this moment of brokenness in their life. And what I have realized is that that's always been who I have been, right? Mm -hmm. I am a woman of wisdom and I am a woman of mercy. What does that mean? That means I, I can tell you the truth with love, right? Um, Then you might hear it from me, Whereas you won't hear it from others. And I'm also not afraid of your hard things. Yeah. Your hard things don't, they don't bother me. I can walk alongside you in empathy and say, my hard thing is different. We're not going to compare. We're not going to compare our despair. As they say, not going to do that. Right. Mm. We're just going to walk alongside. So what does that look like? That looks like a conversation. Your coworker comes to work and they're having a hard day. Maybe you buy them a coffee and say, I just wanted you to know, I see that you're having a hard day and here's a coffee. Your next door neighbor is having surgery. You set up a meal train. Your um, pastor asks you to volunteer to teach RE, religious ed. And you're like, yeah, no, I'm not doing the third grade thing. And he's like, no, really, would you consider? I want you to pray about it. 
and you get in there and you have the best time with those third graders because they're not your third graders, mm-hmm. right? They're not your kids. They're somebody else's kids. So you can really give of yourself in a different way. I mean, there's so many different practical ways for us to be bold in our brokenness, right? We are all broken. We are all fighting a battle. We're all fighting, you know, something within us, but God has already won the war. And so we go through these seasons where we're standing at the cross on Good Friday, then he asks you into the silence of Holy Saturday, into that holy waiting. Hey, ladies, I got a question for you. Do you want to grow closer to Jesus with a community of like-minded Catholic women? If you were like, uh, yeah, of course I do. (laughs) Well, then I can help you out. The Lux Catholic app is more than just an app. It is a place to pray, read, and study with supportive women who share our faith. The Lux Catholic app being a part of this, you get access to our own private chaplain, Father Michael O'Loughlin, daily mass readings. We have scripture devotions, live daily prayers, a live book study, and so much more. You can deepen your relationship with Christ through this beautiful spiritual formation. Make sure you click in the show notes or just go to wherever you grab your app and search for Lux Catholic. Join our amazing community for this free Catholic app today. And I can't wait to be with you and to pray with you very, very soon. And you're asking, Lord, I need a different job. Lord, where's my husband? Lord, am I ever going to have a baby? Lord, you know, heal my child. Lord, my daughter died. I don't like, where are you? Where are you in this? In that holy waiting. And then here he comes on Easter Sunday in his glory and totally, completely heals all of it. All of it, if we but let him. See, God can't heal what he doesn't have. And he's never going to come take it from you. He's going to ask you, would you give it to me? Will you give me this grief? Will you Mm -hmm. give me this job frustration? Will you give me this child that has walked away from the church? Will you give me your marriage? Will you give me your physical health? Will you give me your child's emotional health? Will you surrender that to me so that I might heal it and then lead you to healing in it and thereby being a stronger person, thereby being a woman of faith, a man of faith, having a deeper faith with those roots that are so, so deep in the ground by that that water, that river that runs by there so deep that no matter what storm comes, the the branches will bend, but they will not break. Mm. And that to me is living out in boldness. You're living out your brokenness and boldness when you are able to bend and not break. Because that's what the grace of God provides for you. That's what the relationship with God provides me. My relationship when I first had my children with the Lord was very, I go, it was a checkbox. It was a list. Go to church right. because I'm in the same town as my mother. Don't need that conversation. Check. Mom saw us at church. Great. You know, that's how it was. And it wasn't until I was literally face down in a CAT scan room at three o'clock in the morning as my daughter was having her brain scanned where God and I really met face to face and it was a grudge match. It was an MMF grudge match because I came out swinging and I felt I was being punished and I felt I was, he was, he was somehow um, taking it out. All the things I had done that were bad, taking it out on Courtney. And that's not who God is. No. And I had to surrender my daughter in that moment and say, I love her. 
I will take her however you give her to me. And he goes, okay, let's do this. And we danced for the next 22 years. And there were so many moments of brokenness, so many moments where I came to the end of myself. And that is where the beauty starts. When you come to the end of yourself and all the self-reliance and the, all the I can do it's and all the I'm strong enough. When you come to the end of that and you are able to lay yourself out and say, I cannot do this. I am done. I am done. I can't. What else, Lord? What else do you want? That is the moment of true brokenness. And that is where God shows up in all of his glory and simply sits beside you and says, Okay, now let's walk. <laughs> right. Now will you let me do what I need to do? Be who I need to be? Right. Now will you let me be the your beloved? Will you let me be the God of your life? Will you let me show you mm-hmm. this beautiful life I have for you? Will there be pain? Yes. Will there be suffering? Yes. But when we can transform that pain and that suffering with this beautiful redemptive suffering that we have in the Catholic Church, this beautiful theology of redemptive suffering, when we can transform our own pain and offer it as gift for another, it transforms our whole life and it takes your brokenness. And instead of being something that is filled with shame and pain, it is something that is filled with hope and joy because it is offered for another. And God wastes nothing. He wastes nothing. He builds a life for you that is for your good and his glory. And if we can let go and stand in that pile of ash, just like Job did, mm-hmm. and say, Lord, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It is, All is well. the life that he will build for you. Yeah, from that place, like you said, from brokenness to boldness, from surrender to boldness, surrender to just, you know, the acceptance of what God has for you. I love this journey. It's a journey that we all go through in this very cyclical process. You know, I mean, I... I think as we started this conversation of like, are you scared of what's going to happen in the in the future? Because what's already happened, you know, um, it's an honest question. I mean, it's a you know, it, I can't imagine anybody not thinking about it because sometimes you're just thinking, I don't know how much more I can handle. I don't know how much more I can take. And we put these limits on ourselves and our ability to handle difficult moments. But when we, we also try to put God in a box. Right. It was going to say, we don't we, we, limit ourselves. We limit him. Right. And so it, it, if you're limiting the creature, I mean, you end up in a sense limiting your creator because of what he can do with his own. And so this ability, like you said, um, to really surrender, it's such a, it's a deeply spiritual, it's a deeply Catholic Christian, you know, principle, because like you said before, like you can, you can tell yourself all the, all the scripts you want, you can say all the things and um, you can, you can use all the motivation you can, and you can use all the tools, but at some point there, if if we're not into, if we're not living this integrated life and paying attention to the needs of our soul and not just human formation and habit, we're missing the boat because at some point those human formations and habits, which are really good and we have to work on, we have to have those skill sets completely. But if it's not combined with a relationship 
and a surrender to the relationship with Jesus Christ, you're only going so far. And then you're going to hit that space of, I just can't, I can't go any f- further. And we have to learn to stop relying on ourselves. Mm. God has always, it's scriptural. Come to me, little children, suffer unto me, little children, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, Right. We're supposed to go to him. Think of your children for those. Think of if you're not, if you've not been able to have children, think of your nieces and nephews. Think of your, the the children in your neighborhood, whatever. Think of a child. They rely on you. They need your protection. They need you to help them tie their shoes. They need help going to the potty. They need help dressing. They need help learning their prayers. They need, I mean, they rely on the adults in their lives to teach them the way in which they should walk. So why are we relying on ourselves to learn the way we should walk when we should be relying completely and totally on the Lord Jesus for him to show us? And how does he show us? He shows us through scripture. You know, it's the Bible is the greatest love story ever written. It's his pursuit of us through the generations. If everything you want to know about God is right there. Mm. Every how he loves you, how he cares for you, how merciful he is through story after story after story. And I mean, if you're doing like the Father Mike Schmidt's Bible through the year, you you just got through Jacob and you're like, dude, like Jacob was quite a situation. You know, these people were not innocent, right, in their life. But what did God do with them? Yeah. Look at the apostles. Peter's my guy, open mouth, insert foot. Cool. Let's do it. You know, what did God do? We just had the, the chair of Peter, the the feast of the chair of Peter. God said, when you come back to me, Peter, you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to help your brothers. Right. Right. You're not getting out of this. You're not getting out of this. Like it's (laughs) you and me, buddy, we're going to do this together. And then you got to go help them Mm -hmm. and you got to lead them because then they're going to lead others. And then they're going to lead others. And that's how the church was built. And so God is asking us as women, okay, when you're done relying on yourself, when you've come to the end of yourself, let me know, because then you and I have some work to do. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's good to note. Let me just inject this really quickly. You don't have to, and I know this is an obvious statement, but let it still be said. You don't have to get to the end of your rope to reach out for the Lord. Okay. For the for the love of all things holy, take the advice of Mary Lenneber, take the advice of me. I know I've given it plenty of times and was sharing my life and all the, all the sufferings and brokenness that's in there. It's quite apparent. Wrote a book on that, too. <laughs> but but you don't have to do it that way. The, you know, one of the things that I'm striving for at this stage of my life is don't get to the end of your rope, Leah. Try, I mean, pray for that, for, for, for self-awareness, for humility to, uh, you know, ask the hard questions to your husband, to your friends. What am I not seeing? I am broken. Please help me see that I, what, what I can't see because of pride so that I don't get to the end of my rope. And then I'm at that place that I've been to all too often where I've got no other option, but life or death. And so we don't have to make life and death decisions every day. We can actually choose 
Christ in those moments. We can choose what he's calling us to. I know that might be too general, but we don't have to get to that place. We don't have to get to the place where it's all a dumpster fire to reach out for help, to surrender and rely on the Lord, to give the Lord your cross, to give him the suffering, to give him the unsolvable problem. We don't have to wait to the end. We can begin as the moment that it presents itself because they will continue to do throughout our life. And then we can we can live in that boldness, live in the, in the brokenness that we are, knowing that God heals through time and, and, and through eternity, truly. So I just, I love everything that you are talking about. You've, there, you've said so many things, Mary, that have so much depth for people to contemplate, for us to contemplate and thinking about truly just the crucifixion too. I mean, I think more time we spend just in that scenario right there, the more fruit that we can gain. You know, wherever you are in your faith journey, wherever you are in that space where you've, you know, yeah, just wherever you're at, you know, and we all, we're all at different spots for different reasons. We have different beginnings and different middles. And just because you grew up in the faith doesn't mean you have the faith. Just because you just found the faith doesn't mean that you're still where you really want to be, wherever it might be. But one of the things with the crucifixion, if I could add anything, I just, I always love to think about this other character, which is the good thief. Mm, yeah. I love and he, it. I know. He, I, I just, I just, he, he's, he's kind of like the third wheel in the crucifixion, right? He's just kind of like, uh, were you invited? Or who, who brought you along? Cause he just pops in there, you know? Um, well, he's the, it's never too late. Right. It's it, never too late vote. Right. He, he just, he, he, he's the guy that walks in and gives the last vote of like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, I think I'll take that, you know, right before the end. Again, timing it might not be something we would replicate in his life, but the boldness in what he says we should, that he was given a grace and a boldness to see some self-awareness of I deserve my punishment. That man does not deserve that punishment. And I believe who he says he is. And I think that was so beautiful. Whenever I read about the good thief, you see the fact that he believes who Christ is more than he can maybe come to grips with who he is. And he, he's not quite there. He's literally dying and along Jesus his whole life spent living that not the life that maybe he would have done over again. But what he has his faith in is who God is and what God can do and what God and who and who God says he is. And if he says he is the, the life and the resurrection and the way, then then that then the good thief is like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with him. And all and 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 just the the plea that he has of just remember me. Yeah. Just remember me. I mean, so many, I, all I, all I know is that my prayers are not as simple as that. I have a lot of prayers with, the, I, have, I have a lot of, you know, dictates that I give the Lord in my prayers too often of like, I was wondering if you could handle, if you could handle this situation and maybe you could have them say this to me and then I could say this, that would be great. I like, I construct this idea that I want the Lord to do in my life and maybe our prayers in living out, being broken, being bold in our brokenness could be as simple as that good thief of just remember me because the Lord always makes good on his promises, but he always over delivers. He's a generous, generous God. My favorite scripture 
favorite scripture, which the first book, Be Brave and the Scared, was based on, is Ephesians 3, 20, 21. The generosity of God can never be outdone for those who love him. I mean, that's my shortened version. But the generosity of God can never be outdone. Did I ever imagine that I would be doing what I'm doing right now at the age of 53, where I feel like I'm just getting started? I'm just getting started on this journey that he has me on. No, had no clue. But if I wasn't willing to surrender my life to him, and now he's asking me to surrender my future in a different way, right? And it's all about the tr- the balance of trust and faith with me and God. Do I trust him? Yes, I trust him. Do I act like I trust him? Do I live like I trust him? Mm, some days, yes. Some days, no. I can say I trust him all, all day long, but can you see it in my life? Am I a woman of faith? Think of, think of the woman of great faith who gets on her knees and crawls and just reaches her fingers to his garment. And yet Jesus feels that power leave him and he heals her. And he looks around and he's like, who was it? So he can see their face. He knows who it is, but he needs her to know that he has seen her and that he has healed her. She can't just come in, get the healing, scoop out. We're good. Hey, hey. No, Jesus always makes sure that he sees you and that you know you are seen. You know you are loved. You know that he knows the deepest desires of your heart. In every encounter, whether you feel it or not, he is there. He sees you. He knows you. He loves you. I love that, Mary. delighted by you. So good. And even as a, a woman in middle age, God is delighted by me. I'm not some young spring chicken, you know, at the pro- at quote unquote prime of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm over the hump now. I have more years behind me than ahead of me. And yet God still delights in me. He loves me. And there is breath in my body. There is work for me to do. I am not sitting here waiting to go home to God. There is shazazzle to be done. So let us get to work. And mm-hmm. that takes boldness. No matter how broken I am, that takes boldness to step into that courage and into that purpose and into that mission. Because again, God wastes nothing. So let him build you back up. Let him put you together like the potter does for everything. We are the clay in his hands. Let him make you a new vessel. For Amen. Amen. Sometimes the most bold thing that we could do is to allow ourselves, as you said, to be seen, to be seen, be seen by God, but also to be seen by others. You know, it's not just that relationship. It's that relationship that orients all others. So being seen for who we are to those closest around us as well. Like you said, in the very beginning, we, we were so used to putting on masks um, to be a certain person at a certain time in a certain way, because that's the persona that we've crafted. That's the brand we've crafted for ourselves and our lives. Oh my gosh. I mean, I just. But I it just, is, and we believe it. We believe our own branding. We do so much. And I tell you something, there's some really good copywriters out there who can say some great things about us. If you get, if you hire the right person to create the right brand or do it yourself. I mean, we can believe it all, but um Oh, it all just goes away. You know, it all, that's not what we take to heaven. My no. brain doesn't come to heaven with me. 
No, it sure doesn't. The blue check mark doesn't make it. It doesn't nope. make it up there. I'm sorry. It's so tough. <laughs> no. And, and, you know, you were asking earlier about Mary, what does it look like day to day? You know, the Holy spirit, when we give him room to work in our life, he's really good at kind of giving you these tugs of the heart. You know, he'll say, Mary, you need to write a note to this person. They need encouragement. So I'll put it on my list, write a note to this person, Mary, go bring banana bread to your neighbor across the street. They, they're lonely. It's an older gentleman. He's lonely. He needs to talk to you today. Oh, okay. Right. So we have to be open to where God is leading us. That's the practicality of living out a life bravely and boldly is mm-hmm. to surrender your day to where God needs it to go, which simply means you leave room for the Holy Spirit. Do you get to do your checklist? Sure. You know, you work through your life. You do, you do your, your um, morning routine, your evening routine, whatever that is, but you allow God to move. So if there's someone that needs you or something that needs to be taken care of that wasn't on that to-do list, you have the grace and the patience and the fortitude and the prudence to act on it. Life is not a checklist. It is a journey of love. And we have to really, we have to really embrace that. And I think if there was anything that is missing out in the world right now, it is authentic love. That is to be able to walk with somebody else, see them for who they are, all their foibles, their quirks, their too loud laugh, their crooked front teeth, their spectacular sense of fashion. They can paint a canvas. I cut off my turkey legs of my turkey when I'm trying to glue it on something. (laughs) And yet we love each other. Mm-hmm. truly authentically walk in brotherhood and in sisterhood toward God together. That's what we need. I agree. We need a lot of it too. So, so there we have it. Mary, thank you so much for being with us. Let me really quickly, we love to, um, I love to have my guests just give a challenge to my l- listeners. They're, they're, I mean, I don't know if we need to do that. <laughs> I feel like you've challenged everybody enough, but I'm still going to ask you anyways, because I know I have like a super type A person that's like, no, I really would like one right now. So um, what, what could you tell us? Could you give us a challenge to our listeners? My challenge is simple. Are you prepared to meet God today as you are? Ugh, geez, Mary. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, guys, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I'm a middle-aged woman. You know, I, I have more years behind me than ahead of me. And when I was young, I never considered that question. I never considered like I could go today. And then my daughter died at 22. And, and I had to stand there and go, I could have gone before her. Was I ready? I could have, was I in a state of grace? Was I willing to let, was I willing to go to confession and be honest you know, mm-hmm. not just the, the surfacey things that I keep repeating, but like the stuff deep down that maybe I've never confessed. I mean, was I able to do that? So I, I find myself in this season of my life challenging myself. Mary, are you ready to go meet him today? Are you ready right now? And thereby, with all of this happening in a pandemic and all the things that have gone wrong and, and, and where our world is today, I just, that to me is the greatest challenge. Are you ready right now? Are you going to be the bridesmaid that has the lamp full of oil or are you going to be found wanting? Mm. And that's not for you to enter into scrupulosity. It's simply an honest question to ask yourself. And if the answer is, I don't think so, then where do you start? 
yes, obviously go to confession, but where do you start? Like, where do I start digging? How do I look at myself and how do I have a healthy sense of self-awareness as to who I am and what I was made to do? Well, there's your challenge, friends. There's your challenge. Are you prepared to meet God today? I told you, I should have maybe said it as a warning, but Mary does this. Mary gets at the heart. She doesn't do much fluff, but she does it in a way where it's just not harsh. But that was that's that's a question we do need to ask ourselves. It's a question, honestly, the church needs to put out, I think, more than um, at least I've heard it. What we need to hear from our from our shepherds are these hard questions. What we need to hear from the faithful who God has given as his mouthpiece, like you, Mary, are these hard questions. Are you, are you prepared to meet God today? And if not, then what can you do today to change that? How can you begin today? One thing, one thing to do. Obviously, as Catholics, and we believe in that sacrament of reconciliation that Christ has called us to, and so, and that he has given, um, so that is a huge, ob- obvious first step, but also too, in just the prayer of the good thief of just remember me and and keeping up with that, but just asking ourselves each day, am I prepared to meet God today? And what can I do to change that? If we just did one thing each day to change that answer so that maybe one day it wouldn't be such a hard, a hard no, like, no, no, like, like, I think very quickly there's it might be, you might be somebody who's like, nope, nope, <laughs> to where we might be like, well, let's see. I mean, I think, you know, hopefully, and hopefully we're not in a spot where we're like, yeah, I think I'm really good. I think I totally know what's going to happen. I think I have a good sense of self because then that might just be another reason why you're not ready. But the point is, is to ask that question honestly and then do something each day towards that meeting and that union because that will happen. That is definitely a guarantee. Mary, you are a blessing to all of us. Thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me, Leah. It's always a joy to talk to you. Oh, I love talking to Mary. I hope you enjoy talking to Mary as much as I enjoy talking to Mary. We will leave all of the links in the show notes to grab her book, to connect with Mary and all the things that she does to serve the Lord. She connects with women and walks with them in their life um, in a very specialized way. You can check out more of all of that too in the show notes for all of those special links so that you can connect with Mary if that's something on your heart to do. I want to thank all of my Patreon members and everybody who supports this podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast and downloading it and sending me all the beautiful messages that you receive from the great guests that I have. I truly do have amazing guests and I'm happy and honored to be able to talk to them and bring something beautiful to the world of what they're doing for the Lord and for others. Again, as you know, this podcast has been based off of a beautiful quote from Mother Teresa, which is do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life, do it every day, do it in your own way, but do it. I just want to remind you to take that to heart and that whatever you do today, that you find one thing, as Mary talked about so often in our conversation and listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, but find one thing in one way to do something beautiful for God. And with that, I will talk to you later. God love you. God bless. I'll talk to you soon. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit Spokestreet.com.